Wine Candy Podcast. I'm Susie Meister, and I'm here with Sarah Rice, who I adore. I was racking my brain for what the appropriate music to sing in the intro would be for the theme that we're doing today. Oh, okay. And really, I feel like I should have started the the, the episode with Mazzavigna, what have That was good. Yeah. We're talking about Disney. Disney! Uh, episode 110. I'm excited because this is going to be so different than our previous Disney episode. Because we did a Disney episode way back when. I want to say it was in our first 20 episodes. And I was kind of anti-Disney in a lot of ways in that podcast. I thought I was, and you were like totally into it. I mean, I was into it, but then we we agreed that there were... Some tropes that were commonly seen yeah, in were Disney. Some there were problems that right. we we things that we took issue with. But with you Disney. decided you wanted this episode to be about Disney, so I assume things yeah. have changed. Oh, they have. You are going to have to wait to find out. That's a cliffhanger. We'll find out what changed for Sarah. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Hubble.com, which is a amazing service that skips the middleman. You can get your contact lenses right to your door for half the price. So if you're like most people and you keep your contact lenses in forever because they're so expensive, it's just not worth it. I went on Hubble.com and I put in my information. It took 30 seconds for me to get everything in there and uploaded and my contact lens is coming to my house and it's half the price. So it's a buck a day. What do you want from me, people? And if you go to HubbleContacts.com, you can get 15 pairs of lenses for free. What's not to love about that? Can't really beat the deal. It's our listeners getting two weeks of free contacts. You're welcome. So you can see clearly it's easy on the eyes and easy on the wallet. I know my experience was super simple and I think you guys will agree. Let me know if you guys love it. HubbleContacts.com for two weeks of lenses for free. All right, Sarah, let's hear it. What's changed for you? Well, Susie, the other week you were telling me how I needed to see the movie Moana. Right. And then I did. <laughs> you need therapy. And I have seen Moana six times since then. No. I have watched it six times. You're lying. I mean, I fast forwarded for a few of the times to my favorite parts because I was on an airplane. What are your favorite? Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> what are your favorite it's parts? It's the greatest. You're right, Suze. She she said to me, people out there, Susie said to me, uh, Sarah, you're going to love this movie. I cried. And I was like, okay. you know." And I, I didn't I, just cry. I ugly cried. I, you didn't tell me that part, but I get it now because I also ugly cried. I ugly cried through an entire plane ride. Hysterical. Yeah. And it happened to be two days after or three days after my grandmother passed away. And in the movie, her grandmother is the one who tells her to follow her heart. And then her grandma dies. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is it. Well, when I was watching it. I mean, just for me, it was moving and important. But then the whole time, I was like, "Oh my God, Sarah is going to lose her mind." Lose her mind. What What did you think was the really important take home message? Like, what What was the What was it that stood out in that movie for you as being different than other Disney movies? Well, I mean, they're clearly trying to break away from this princess routine and making it more about female empowerment, and that 
independence and strength and athleticism. And obviously those are all things I connect with you. And I don't know, I don't even remember what made me cry, but I remember thinking a lot about the shows that we've done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in relation to Moana. I, I totally Tell get me that. what about you. I thought about how it will forever change. Oh my God, I'm going to cry if I talk about it. I will cry talking about this it's for fine. sure. It's okay. Let it out. But it'll change how kids play on the playground. Like, I was thinking about it. Oh my God, this is so silly. Everybody out there is going to be like, oh God, here we go. But think about if you're a little girl who is a person of color. Mm-hmm. And I've watched, I've witnessed this because I've seen it happen. I've worked with children enough to actually watch this play out in real life where a little girl who's Hispanic or black or whatever, anything that's not white, puts on a Cinderella dress and somebody tells her that she doesn't look, she's not Cinderella. Right. And we have had little girls who have been told that they are not princesses and they, they're not that for Mm -hmm. like so long. And I just could only imagine like how... It would be for that little girl who does look like that to go out on the playground and pretend like she's Moana and have a little boy on the playground go, oh, you're beautiful like Moana, or oh, you have hair like Moana, and it's a good thing instead of look at how her hair is different. And yeah. I was like, this is what we need. This is what, like... Want we need to, to speak- tell other stories. It's so important to speak to, to, to the hair thing specifically. Oh, um, after we saw ridiculous. The, after we saw the movie, we ordered this swimming Moana doll because my kids are really into the movie and also into swimming and stuff. And he was upset because the doll had to have her hair back because it goes in the tub. <laughs> and he was like, "Why isn't her beautiful hair down?" So See, yeah, that. Oh my God, there you go. Yeah. Could you imagine like how that, that changes at such a, on a level that I don't, I mean, I don't think the normal person watching even knows how impactful that is Mm -hmm. where you have an entire new generation of kids, little girls who can say, I'm, I can do it. I'm going to be the one to save everybody and I can do it. I don't need to wait till a prince comes and tells me. And then if you hear a voice, like follow your voice. I was like, "Uh, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. So I was like dying the whole time. Yeah. It was really well done and it was, you know, very entertaining in the way that all Disney movies are. But the songs are awesome. Songs are great. I downloaded the soundtrack soundtrack, and I just listened to it while I'm driving to school because it's so good. Did you see on the Oscars when the character sang? No. I have to go back and watch it. And she's from Hawaii and she looks like a real life Moana and she's really glad that the movie represents her in a positive way and, and she's so poised and talented and all like the the culture i think the attention that it it drew to a different culture and a different language and the language so i wanted to look it up because i was like god this music is so good and the word like and how they use um you know i was like this is in english like i gotta know what what are they speaking and um then i thought it was like maori or something like that and then i looked it up 
And the language that they're singing in is a language that only 3,000 people in the world speak today. And you can't even get an accurate translation. They hired a band to do the soundtrack, to do like the written word for it. And this great performing group who like keeps in line with all of the ancient like traditions and this song that is like been dying. And there are only, there are only 3000 people in the world who like speak this language. And it shows you how like the, the, the importance of like the beauty in the culture and the beauty in like things that have been, that are oftentimes not just forgotten, but like discarded and trampled upon and, told that are bad by colonialism and by like Western civilizations who have come in and said, no, forget about your language, forget about this. And like, I just love that we're, we're giving a different story. Yeah. Well, that Lynn manuel Miranda, the guy that wrote Hamilton wrote oh, yeah. all the songs. <gasps> Did he really? Yeah, he's a powerhouse. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yeah. So talk about a perfect movie. I watched that. And then I found out that the executive producer is John Lasseter, who did Toy Story. And we all know that's my favorite oh, movie. Oh, that's interesting. So I, as soon as I saw the credits and his name came up, I was like, okay, there you go. Everything that man touches turns to gold and is my favorite stuff in What's the world. What's his name? John Lasseter. Okay. And if you haven't seen the documentary, the I think it's called The Toy Story Story or The Toy Story, The Toy Story or something like that. And it's the whole story of how that movie started and how Pixar started. And Pixar, they told him, hell no, like Disney said no to Pixar Dis- like a lo- for a long time. George Lucas was the one who said, I'm going to support John Lasseter and I think that this is a real thing. And, this is the-. and they were the, fear- the first like, computer- real computer animation style movie that came out. Hmm. And now that's like what we do. Right. And that is such a good documentary if you haven't seen it. You know, whatever. Are you okay? I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really passionate about Disney all of a sudden what is, Was your husband on the plane with you? No, but since then, I, you know what's funny is uh, uh, he had Mariana's husband, Kevin, my husband's fraternity brother, covered in tattoos. We're talking both of his legs, all of his stomach, both arms. This guy looks like a coloring book. And uh, I was looking at Mariana's Instagram story, and it was him on there, and he was folding laundry, and she's like, uh, honey, what are you watching? And he's like, Moana. <laughs> and she goes, where are the kids? And he's like, asleep. She's like, Aww. why are you watching this? He goes, because it's the best movie, and I just want to watch it. <laughs> And he's like, I just love it. And then every time I look at her story, that movie is always in the background playing or the soundtrack is on. And I'm like, because if you... Yeah, she told me she plays the soundtrack in her car. It's like, great. Yeah. I just love everything about that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, so, okay. I am kind of curious about 
this shift, you know, that yes. Disney is clearly being yeah. intentional with towards a more progressive um, a representation of women and maybe people of color. And I'm wondering, like, is it meaningful if it's really just about, like, you know, the dollars right. that... That's, like, the whole thing is there. there's this... I can't remember which feminist like theorist said this, but that society gives with one hand and takes with the other. So it's this whole, you kind of have to look at, there's an, I've I've read like both the articles that have said both, that some people say that now they're trying to, you know, market on this. Like, you know, if they can create a toy that looks more like, the population that they see growing in the United States, that's a lot more money to make. Yeah. And, you know, that gives me a little bit of icky feelings. But I think what it's doing, you know, you got to, like, see the forest, you know, look for the forest, not the trees, or whatever that expression is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, this is, like, a little aside, but not really. I just read some news story uh, I can't remember I think it was on CNN actually that said there's a group that's trying to stop advertising to children cut advertising to children under the age of seven mm-hmm. and I totally agree with this in fact in Europe they don't do it mm-hmm. right because we know how um, formative not, how what how formative yes. kids are. How that. blank it's a blank slate and whatever you imprint on them stays. I know my kid's about to be five and I'm like, Well, I'm done. Yeah. Because what do you after they're five you pretty much And it's gonna be whatever commercial I want this, I want that. There's a great documentary on uh on Netflix called Minimalist. Have you seen this? No, everyone keeps saying I should watch you it. You have to, it's right up your alley. It's, Why? What is it? It's all about a brainiac is one who said I should yeah, watch it. It's a good one. And you know what? I had it on the background while I was like doing homework and stuff, so I like kind of popped in and out while I was watching it. But uh they were just talking about this consumerism world we live in and how, you know, and the stuff the way that we advertise to kids is not about the quality of the product, it's about just stuff that's just junk, that's not real stuff, that just like is a stupid little action figure that has no it doesn't allow for a lot of creative play. There's not, you know, a stick and a ball allows for more creative play. And it just like, those kind of things are, are dangerous to advertise okay. to kids because. So was it, they're really... arguing that you should downsize your toy stuff or. Oh, you know what? They did say a little bit that, that children need to have a selection but why is it they called minimalist? To, because it's all about two guys who like gave up. They were like these, uh, you know, big Wall Street guys, Wall Street finance guys, and they gave up everything to just like live really minimalistic. And they, uh, you know, traveled around and and probably lived off of like not so much. And this is off the the topic we're of just Disney. Trying to convince people of this. Yeah, I've heard. I've read some. You know, everything is like. A hot topic. Everything yeah. becomes a think piece. So there are these articles that are written about in response to like the 
um, the life changing magic of tidying up that right, whole right. Movement. That this that that book okay. was in this. So this is the people will respond by saying that sort of philosophy is a one of privilege. If you can be like, I don't need this, I don't need that. You are a hundred percent right. Because you think, well, if I ever do need it, I'll just buy another one. Or whatever. Whereas people that don't have money, like my folks, they keep everything because right. they can't replace it. Right. And, it, you know, it's just one of like, I have everything I need. Well, yeah, because you're totally secure. And I, maybe they're hoping that this is some sort of trickle-down effect, that if you can get the people who have disposable incomes to, if you can, well, I mean, you would basically have to change, like, the whole capitalism, like, it's a very Structure. loaded subject. Yes. I don't think it's as simple as like, I don't use this ladle, so I think I'll get rid of it, and now my life is better. Right. I just, I get it, because I do hate, like, crap. I'm a purger yeah. myself, but part of why I'm a purger is because I know that I'm not in any kind of scary financial situation. Right. That might make me think, I better keep this ladle, because it might be the only ladle I ever have. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But I want to watch the film so I can <laughs> critique with, like, actual information. Well, yeah, you know, that, what that makes me think of is that, you know, I think the problem that we have now is that we live in a world that tells you, you know, uh, if you just have, you know, one ladle and it just looks like that, just plain that it's not good enough. And here's this new one that's even fancy in this new line of them at Target. Now it has a new handle and da 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 da. And we need like this newly designed, a new better, and that one's better, and it's a different color. And then it's like new and exciting to us. And they're making these things that are like mundane, very exciting. And when you put an importance on, when it looks like there's an importance placed on having this new one and this best one and the people who are seen as the haves are able to make that decision, then I feel like if you live in that society and you are a ha somebody who has less or somebody who does not have, then you it makes it look like the goal is to get to that place where you can pick from mm -hmm. 50 ladles and mm -hmm. you can have 50 ladles. But I think what this book is trying to, or what this documentary is trying to do is to change the, change our perspective and make it so the people who have a lot of money to give are, or have enough money to buy 50 ladles instead of doing that are enjoying what really matters in life and enjoy like what are you working for are you working for more stuff or are you working so that you can have time to do like are you working so maybe you can give a little more or you could be a little more philanthropic or you can have time to like work on your relationships or your community and stuff like that and how by minimalizing a lot of things at, and the need for stuff mm -hmm. you can get down to what it is that really matters. And I think if you look at like, there was that, um, the happiness project that, that was done years ago that looked at where are they the most, where are people the, the happiest in the world? And it was not the places that had a bunch. It were these places in like Bangladesh where the happiest man that was in the whole world that showed up in their whole study was this uh, little tuk tuk, like push cart driver, rickshaw driver. And some, you know, when I mean, he lived it with, 
10 people in one room and that Mm -hmm. he was the happiest. And it wasn't about what he had. It was about his deep connection to his community and his interpersonal relationships. So that is what I think we need to get back to. Well, let me ask you this. If you, that was windy. If you were in a, if you had a fire, what would you save? Besides segment. Photo albums. Right. This is what everybody says. Yeah. I feel like you knew I wanted you to save photos. That, but that, because that's all I would do. <laughs> that's so funny. Because I, I, the, the. Would you really though? Well, yes. Especially old ones. A hundred percent. Because like now everything's digital. And I would say more than the photos, my journals. Oh. Because I would that journal nice. that I posted a picture in our newsletter of a journal that I had from when I was seven years old, and I've been keeping journals that long, and to read my thoughts at seven. It's like, I know. I just read my old journal too. What did you think about? What did you say in there? I mean, the Anything one that deep? I was reading was about when I met Tim Beggy, who was on Road Rolls. What did you say? I said that I want to be on Road Rolls, yeah. and that you know, I can't believe I got to meet this guy that was on the show, and oh my gosh, all this stuff. And I wanted to be a talk show host because I loved interviewing people. I mean, Sue's. <laughs> right? How I special said, is that? I was trying That's to get one out of those into show it. me the the the. Boy at seven, and I'll show you the yeah. man he's going to become or whatever. Right. I told Adam, and he was, like, busy, and he was not into it. I'm like, no, this is so cool. It's but, really cool. But I would have gotten excited about that. The sure. reason that I asked, though, is because we have partnered with FrameBridge.com, which is a wonderful framing service where you can upload pictures or get them from Instagram or send in your documents or whatever you want framed. And starting at just 39 bucks, you can get them custom framed and stylists will pick different options for you that'll be beautiful like if you're not good at picking yourself and um it's easy to use super affordable and you can get 15% off your first order and free shipping when you use code brain candy so if you go to framebridge.com you find the, your favorite frame from their curated collection you upload your art or mail it in for free preview it let them pick the frame if you want. Enter code Brain Candy at checkout and get fifteen percent off plus free shipping. And it is true for me at least too that those are the things that you want to preserve and have forever. And I mean, when I look at our studio or are my yes, frame, and how about downstairs? You have all those frames, and I was like, ah, oh, it looks so nice. She has a whole gallery wall. <clears throat> it's really, it's really a nice service, and I hate going to custom framing shops, and they're super expensive and yeah. ridiculous. So this is a great alternative to that. Um, but when you just brought up the like, show me a boy when he's seven, and I'll show you the man. If you guys have not watched the uh-huh. Up series of documentaries, get on it because yes. it is mind-blowing. This is before reality TV that they started. They the people that are were participate participants in this reality documentary series are now in their 50s and they started when they wow. were 7. It really is amazing that they were able to Every 7 years they they interviewed them again and you can watch them at 7, 14, 21, 28 and so on all the way up till I think the most recent one is 56 and It's really cool. It's crazy. Well, and also it's it's one of the longest longitudinal studies right on personality. Yeah. Yeah, and it's even well, a- and their thesis was more about 
class in Britain because uh-huh. they're they're from England. These people, and it was about like how if you're born into a certain family or a certain class, then mm-hmm. that's it. And really, the only exception wasn't there one who kind of became a hermity recluse. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I was gonna say. The only exceptions were the yes. ones who suffered from mental illness, and that was mental illness. And he was became a squatter yeah. and <sighs> whatever. But oh my gosh, well. Anyway, that's off the topic, but you really should take a look. Well, you know what's on the topic? Yes, uh, go on. How about no. this new live-action Beauty and the Beast movie? Yes! Right! Have Let's you heard discuss- of this? Have I well, heard I mean, of I it? Know, but have you seen it? No. I, but I, I want to. Do you want to? Of course I want to. Why? It looks amazing, and the reviews are fantastic. Are they? That's really good to know, because Beauty and the Beast is one of the Disney movies that I have the biggest problems with. Yes, we discussed that in our last episode. How it's totally an abusive relationship, and I hate everything about that. And I'm wondering what they do... They claim that they tweaked it. Okay, well, which brings me to my next thing. How about how they tweaked it to make there a gay couple in there? I guess it's clockwork, then... Who's gay in this story? I I don't know his name. I think it's the... The candlestick and no, the clockwork. No, 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 no. It's a man. It's like a real man. Yeah. They didn't just make... I've seen him. I just don't know his name. It's, it's... a dude. Oh, is it An Gaston's actor. right-hand man Something kind of guy. like that. Gaston's crew or whatever. Which makes sense because I always felt like that guy had a crush on Gaston. Right? Which makes sense. It's probably how the original story went. But this is what I really... Grinds my gears. <laughs> Stop being hilarious. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, what? Gay marriage, not okay. Bestiality, no problem with that. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> Grinds my gears. <laughs> right. We're okay. They don't think of it as bestiality. Really? You no. don't think of it as bestiality? Nobody thinks when of it that way. He even though that's looks the name of the like show. an animal and it's called the beast and he literally is a combination like he's an animal. He's like trans beast. Because he's a You think they'd have a more of a problem because he's trans something. <laughs> he's a man trapped in a beast body. <laughs> You'd think they'd be a little more understanding of right. the actual trans community, since they seem to really relate to the beast. Heaven forbid he goes into the same bathroom as any of us, so <laughs> that's when the trouble happens. <laughs> but yeah, lock well, her he's up in a pre-op castle, beast, fine. so it's okay. He's pre-op. <laughs> oh my gosh, so that just made me laugh, because I was like, I can't believe that people are up in arms about this, and why that well, is such a freaking... What think, do you, what, think about what, it, though. What do you do, Pete? How lot, do you deal with that? A lot of people that are really into Disney are also very conservative um, in religion. Yeah. Because traditionally, Disney's yes. been kind of buying into their whole worldview of, like, women are objects to be admired and beautiful and dress up, but they're not, like, going to contribute to anything substantively. Mm-hmm. So this really... Is grinding their gears. Yeah. And so... I gotta see a picture of who... I gotta look it up now, because I want to see... But, like, in certain countries, the movie's being banned, and... Yeah! Yeah, it's a big deal. Wow. I type in gay character, and Google instantly comes up. Do you mean gay character in Beauty and the Beast? 
Wow. Wow. It's big time. And it says right now that Power Rangers is also doing something. It says Beauty and the Beast and Power Rangers openly gay. Oh, but then Polygon.com says Beauty and the Beast openly gay character is a poor tribute. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not really... That's why the ban is so absurd. He, I don't even think he has Because any, it, he, they don't even make him... It's just implied. I don't even or, think it's implied, but it's, like, so minimal and so unimportant. It's extraneous. LeFou, Gaston's fumbling sidekick, who's played by the perfect guy right. for him. He's the guy who did the voice of Olaf in Frozen. Ah, uh, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Disney, Disney loves to do... Oh! There are so many things that this is reminding me of that I had to bring up today. I also saw that... Do you ever hear about these weird Disney, um, like, fan fiction, like, theories that they have on how the... Because a lot... Disney does a lot of crossover things. Yeah. And so in the movie Frozen, at the wedding or at the celebration that they have at the end of Frozen... There's like an Easter egg. The two characters from Tangled are members at the wedding or celebration or whatever. And then somebody went so far as to do research online of where both of their stories take place. And they take place in like Denmark and basically like kind of Scandinavian countries based on, you know, the stories and where the stories originated. And they also said that the boat that they that the parents so Elsa's parents died in a boat crash on the way to this wedding or this ceremony or whatever. Okay. And the online rumor is that the boat that they took was really the boat from the Little Mermaid that had sunk. And when you look at the picture of the boat from the Little Mermaid and the picture of the boat in this movie, they look the same for they real look really similar so people and then they the somebody was interviewing mandy moore who is the voice of uh uh one of the characters in tangled she's the girl from tangled and uh they explained this to her and she was like what are you <laughs> what people do not have enough free time like the expressions are ridiculous she's like I, no that i don't think so you that, think it's Unintentional. Yeah, on it was like part. just like I know that the them being at the wedding, like making those two characters like the little Easter egg of how the two characters from Tangled were in Frozen, like wasn't an accident. I but haven't seen Tangled. What's it about? I haven't seen it either. Oh, okay. Because I've been resisting Disney movies for so long. I also have not seen all of Frozen. Wow. I only saw you didn't like it. No, I just haven't had the chance. I it was I was somewhere and it happened to be on TV and I just watched the last like half an hour. And I love that, but I have yet to watch the whole thing. Oh my gosh, I'm shocked because I know. that's been such a hit, a huge hit. Well, I feel like I I really did like wow, kind of give Disney the I, the brush off, and I was not going to support something that you know, Mulan gets home from freaking winning a battle, and all her grandmother cares about is that she doesn't have a husband. And I was like pissed, and so I'm like, "That's it, Disney. You're wow. going to shell Mulan for a while." Mulan is what pushed you over the edge. Well, really, like I, there were a lot of. I mean, there were a lot of stuff, a lot of things. I watched that documentary. Um, 
what is it called? We put it on the last one. It's a, it's the m- making the mouse or making the. It was all about like the darker side of Disney, yeah, and how the commercialism and what they're really what really is at play. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Well, so I had an epiphany recently because I am not a Disney lover and I've been very critical of them in our previous episode and... In my mind. And and then I had sort of an epiphany where I was like thinking about certain shows that I am obsessed with that are problematic in certain ways with regards to my own personal philosophies. Uh uh And like maybe, you know, misogynist. Howard Stern. Stern, Cheers has a lot of like questionable Mm -hmm. moments. Friends even is very homophobic. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, you know what? I think a lot of people, and this would sound obvious to people that love Disney, but it never occurred to me that for them, these movies comfort them and bring them the same joy and peace that I get out of stupid, you know, 80 shows. And I know that it sounds obvious, but it really hadn't sunk in like that. I just thought, these people are idiots. Like princess culture is gross and I hate it. And and until I really put myself in their shoes and thought, you know what? No, Mm -hmm. it's important to them and meaningful for whatever reason. And so we shouldn't just like throw the baby out with the bath. Right. That we can be discerning consumers who watch the films and then point out, well, that's a questionable aspect. That's the most important part is just being the the discerning computer. Uh, consumer and then if you have children just ha- having a dialogue about yeah whatever it is you know i'm well, not saying I, don't I'm, watch it must be harder if you have a girl i have way harder yeah but then again i also think that if you have a little boy and he falls in love with you know a character from the you know if if Okay, how about this? If I had a little boy and he were what loved the original Beauty and the Beast and he loved Gaston, I would want to have a conversation with my son about how Gaston talks to Belle and if that's a nice way. Do you think that would be a nice way to talk to mommy? Right. Do you think Ma- Daddy should talk to mommy like that? No, that would be mean. So maybe Gaston, we think he's funny, but maybe he's not a very nice guy. Yeah. And there needs to be something like that because I think what something sometimes the colors and the bright lights and the swords and the kids and the, you know, the especially with bo- boys, and it's like bow and arrows, and sometimes they can latch on to, you know, characters that... Maybe they want to emulate a behavior that they don't see is like they don't see like the nuance and the the whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. It's kind of why my mom said you're not allowed to watch the movie Clueless when I was <laughs> ten because she didn't think I was going to get it. And then I watched it, and guess what? I didn't really get it, and I thought that was 
how girls were. So I acted like Sheriff wow. from Clueless the entire time through my junior high career and, <laughs> career. and or, you know, yeah, no, late elementary funny. school, whatever. And, uh, you know, I was a brat to my mom because I was like, well, Sheriff from Clueless talks like this. So this must be cool. Uh, let's take a break and talk about our favorite thing, BioClarity. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Guess what I did? What? I left it in a hotel bathroom. The whole kit? No, just the face wash. So I have to order oh, another one. No. I know, but I'm going to use my code. Maybe they'll send one so to you. They'll be like, you know what, Sarah? We got yeah. you. I still haven't used my brain candy code, so I got that on reserve. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you so, go. Because you gave me my last bottle, so I'm going to use my brain candy code, bioclarity.com slash brain candy. <laughs> No, it's bioclarity.com and code brain candy. Okay, do that one We've only been doing this for a year, so Well, because I didn't use the code, <laughs> so I've just been saying it. I should, like, now I will know because I'm going to go to bioclarity.com and type in code brain candy. I love that we're breaking you all down, like, slowly over time where people are like, fine, I'll try it. I... I'm a huge believer in BioClarity, but if you don't believe me, go to BioClarity.com and you get your first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. It's a $20 savings and it comes with 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. So what's not to love? It's a three-step acne wash, but it has soothing and calming um, extracts like green tea and chamomile that, you know, your skin will thank you for. I just want people to stop using a bunch of chemically- that's what I'm saying. Crud on their skin. Right. And a lot of the competitors have this really abrasive, mm-hmm. intense stuff that's just, it's just causes redness mm-hmm. and irritation and mm-hmm. who needs it. So do people go to bioclarity.com and use code brain candy for you your first month for nine ninety five. Princess clear skin. <laughs> right. Just like Belle. Just like Belle. Um, do you have a favorite Disney princess? I like Ariel. Yeah. Because she's a rebel. Speaking of famous favorite Disney princesses. Well, you know, I think it's a popular one. Um, How about uh, a list of the most feminist uh, Disney females of all time? Except this list came out in 2015. Okay. So. Let's hear it. Let me pull it up. By the way, just to finish yeah. up about Beauty and the Beast, what's the woman's name? Emma. That's a uh, the actress. Uh, Hermione. What's her name? Oh, oh, Emma Watson. Emma Wat- Watkins. Watson. 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 Uh, I like her a lot, and she's you know an outspoken oh, feminist. Too. Yes, she's per- perfect for the role, and they say that that was that she, you know, insisted on tweaking the plot in certain subtle ways to make it more empowering oh. for the character. and So I, I will be interested to see if that is accurate. I like that. Yeah. I mean, Good. she's... She, you know what? She's no joke. She is no joke. You're right. Yeah. I, that gives me a little more confidence in that. You know what? I should give it a chance. And I've heard that cinematically, it's beautiful. I was thinking maybe I was going to take myself out to a movie, like... You know, maybe tonight or something. Just go Aww, by myself and like. That's real nice. I was gonna see the movie Get Out, but we need to do that together. I want to see that movie so bad. I'm dying to see it. I think we are like the quintessential examples of the mm-hmm. sort of problem, mm-hmm. the social justice warriors who are yeah. like. And I happen to live in the helping. neighborhood where it's oh they're probably <laughs> probably that right. <laughs> yeah, it's go really to see the Beast. If you're. A person of color, and you live in the 
Rancho Santa Margarita area, please come I, find I me. I don't think there are that many. <laughs> All five of you? Rancho San Margarita, is that what it's called? Yeah. Jesus. Cota de Casa. You guys like appropriate all of their language. It's really gross. It's uh, how about how there's the actual intersection? The street Antonio intersects with the street Banderas in my neighborhood. (laughs) No. I swear to God. On purpose? It's a brand new community. I feel like how did they miss that? That had to have been intentional. Yeah. It was. Who's that big of a Tony Banderas fan? Who isn't? He was Boots in that Disney movie. Oh, that's right. What film is that? Shrek. Yes. Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. Uh, so, Nerve Magazine or Nerve.com. I don't even know. Is that a credible Who source? Who the fuck cares? No. But they... <laughs> is that somebody, a credible source? <laughs> somebody, <laughs> fake news. Somebody uh, said, wrote this article after they saw the movie Brave. So this was right when Brave came out. So this is like two years ago. Yeah. But... Uh, so they ranked, uh, the, her, her idea of who were the least to most feminist princesses. Got it. So number 10, down at the bottom of the list, Sleeping Beauty, pretty much. Least feminist? She's the least feminist. She's pretty, demure, generally kind, the way princesses are. And she's, like, super naive, and she falls asleep at the rest of the film until a man comes around and wakes her up. Hmm. Right. Sleeping Beauty. Snow White. Yeah, what the fuck was Disney's obsession with women falling asleep for a long time? Yeah. And, because the next one on the list is Snow White. Same story. Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, pricks her finger on the spinning wheel, spindle, and she falls asleep until her prince comes, and Snow White... She eats the apple, and then she falls asleep. She's right. got to be made out with. Right. Cinderella, <laughs> she's just a freaking maid. Our friend uh, Molly, from she was a director on the show, she dates this comedian, Kristen Key, who does a whole bit about how... Um, it's actually a song because she performs a lot of oh, her jokes that. as songs about how Cinderella had to be drunk because sober people don't lose shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Cinderella was a hundred percent drunk. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put that in the newsletter if you want to sign That's up. That's so go good. Go to our website because it's a song that was like drunk people lose shoes, sober people never do, and I was like, you're right. Why did she lose a shoe and keep running? And especially somebody who's, like, that oppressed and the housekeeper and, like, probably didn't have a lot of things anyway. She's holding on to both of those shoes. Right. If anything, she should, she's taking them both off and she's doing the walk of shame back to the pumpkin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know she's strapped for time, but come on. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Or... Dude, if I were wearing fucking glass slippers, I would have kicked those shit off a long time ago. I've the blisters <laughs> on glass slippers. Not quite forgiving fabric. That's right. Maybe they were really uncomfortable. Who, who, whose idea were glass slippers? That's a good point. Why aren't we questioning that? That's the... Who, why haven't we questioned that? Right. Some oh, man thank came up you. with that idea. Right. Thank you, fairy godmother, for nothing. For blisters. And bunions. <laughs> and just danger. And sh- shards of glass in your feet. <laughs> God forbid she has a heavy step. <laughs> right. So she's right. on the list. You don't want her clomping around or whatever Number you say. seven is 
your favorite, Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Okay. Uh, it says, this, this writer says, in my humble opinion, Little Mermaid is the best Disney movie, but Ariel is shaky as a feminist icon. And Why? She's a rebel. It says, yes, she's plucky, impetuous, and passionate, willing to risk all for something she loves, but on the other hand... Thing she loves is a boy she saw Pat playing a flute on a boat for 20 seconds. What's not feminist about that? A feminist can fall in love with whoever she wants. That's true. Ariel disempowers herself for the patriarchy, actually trading her voice, her voice, for a chance <laughs> with a cute boy. She's either mute or unable to walk until the very end. Someone... When her father has to bestow freedom upon her. Oh yeah, and the whole time she's wearing a clamshell bikini. <laughs> <laughs> well, feminists can wear clamshell bikinis, but... I was, someone on Twitter noted how Moana is the opposite of The Little Mermaid. The dad forbids Moana to go into the water. Yeah. And the Little Mermaid's dad forbids her to go on land. It's just like this weird thing where like dads are fucking. But I just loved that in how they made such a, how the father in that movie was like, it is your job to rule the people. Like, you are going to be the one to... Like, he wanted great things from her. Sure. It wasn't... It It was almost It wasn't to restrict her. Yes. Yeah. It was a difference of, like, I want what's best for you. And I also think that... Uh, there are so many messages in that movie that if you... You know, they explained that he was nervous because he went out. He <clears> was an explorer <throat> and wanted to explore. And then he went out with his friend. And then his friend dies... At you know in the ocean, and I can see how maybe a child who has a very fearful parent who maybe lost somebody or something can see that maybe my parents fearful because this accident happened or this bad thing happened or you know I've been watching a lot of hoarders lately and all of them you know it's like they lost a child or they lost a you know. One woman lost two children within six months of each other. One committed suicide and one had leukemia. And I was like, of course she's a hoarder. Of course uh, of course, you're going to go into a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can be a little bit of forgiving of people when you see what makes them, like, why are they sad? Why are they, you know, scared for me? Why are they, you know. Yeah, just I deep, get that. Deep thoughts from Moana. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. And I mean... I guess that's the intention of the films. Yes. And they're all they're always so popular that then they become the object of a lot of criticism, you know? People are always mm-hmm. looking for things to yeah. be mad about and stuff, but as a viewer, I thought this is a fantastic film. I couldn't find anything wrong anything I would have wanted to change. Can you think of anything that they could have done? Anything that said mm. No. I even liked the kind of David Bowie-esque tribute. With the she- the crab, you know, when they go down to, they're going to fight this the crab, and they sing that very like David Bowie, like they're underwater and oh, yeah. it's all bioluminescent. Yeah, and it's all about the whole message of that song is, um, he is uh there's a type of crab that decorates their shell and makes their shell really pretty so that they attract fish and then they grab the fish and the fish are like but it's like a decoy and in the song that he sings it talks about how like i put all this stuff on and it's like to trick you but like what's really inside and like and he sings a song like oh your grandma tells you that it's really inside what counts but don't listen to her it's all about like the beautiful shell and blah 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 and so it's those are like deep 
messages yeah. that yeah, are hidden a lot in there, there that are. I mean, in coming from someone that watched it six times. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, I could. I got my. The, I could because I kept fast forwarding to my favorite part, which is when they're on the boat and they're on the little raft and they're getting attacked by those cute little coconut things, and and you know he the what the heck is the rock's character name Maui Maui is like grab the like tells her some sailing instructions and she looks at him like. Uh, I don't know. And he goes, what? You don't know how to sail? And she goes, um, I am self-taught. And the way she says it, it's like, it's so perfect. It's like, no, I am (laughs) self-taught. I was like, that's what I would say. I would be like, she's done no research on how to sail a boat, but has decided she's just going to grab it and go out into the ocean. It's like, fuck it. I'm going to learn on my way. Yeah. And I was like, that's me. I'm like that. And I was like, if anybody were like, do you know how to lay tile in a kitchen? I'd be like, I am (laughs) (laughs) self-taught. That's true. That's why I knew you'd love the film. It was just, that part, I laughed so hard when she said that. It was just, and then it just made me think of what a great actress the, either the, the, the producer, whoever was producing her or directing her in that scene when she was doing that voiceover or their voiceover coach or whatever it, to get her to do it in that tone and she's 12 or however old she is, that was like a perfect comedic delivery. Yeah. So that really tickled my funny bone. Wow. I mean, people are going to really want to see this Disney film. should be paying for this. <laughs> right. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, well, I have heard, you know, we keep promising people that we're going to do a Disney day soon. And, you know, maybe that will happen one day. But they raised the price of tickets again. It's pricey. It's pretty much like you have to, like... That could be like your only vacation for some people a year to for go to most, Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, that is their really special vacation. They're changing a whole bunch of stuff. They're redoing the Tower of Terror. Yeah. At California Adventureland, and they're turning it into a Guardians of the Galaxy thing. They're doing a whole Marvel section to Disney, and I don't like it. <laughs> I have a lot of... I got into it with my trainer at the gym because he was like, what don't you like about that? And I was like, here's why. Because Disneyland is supposed to be for... Children, young children, like it's very aimed at children. And I think that the violence that's in superhero movies, would you, would you ever let Lincoln watch a Iron Man movie? Never. Never, right? Because there's, it's too violent. Yeah. And I think if you, if I were to take my child, my five-year-old to Disneyland and they went to Marvel Adventure Land or whatever... He's going to want to go play superhero-y stuff, and I don't want him watching those movies. Wow. Or her. Yeah, you're right. So that's my kind of, my new stink with Disney. Before we go, we have two shout-outs. <gasps> okay. I... Maybe I do this like a Disney song. Okay. Marissa. Okay. Let me think. Um... Do it like you're welcome. You know Maui's song, You're Welcome. Marissa, Marissa, she gave us some money for Patreon. Well, thank you so much, and we're saying thank you. It's kind of like you're welcome, but it's thank you. (laughs) And then you have to do the shout-out to the 420 Patreon. Oh, my girl, Ariel. No, what's her name? Amber. Amber. See, it's probably because I was stoned when I was wondering. But... This is so funny. So one of our Patreon patrons, Amber, mm-hmm. right, 
the baddest bitch out there <laughs> donated at, at, probably after hearing the pet episode where I was sharing how to get through a hard week, I rolled up a doobie and watched Animal Planet. And she decided to become a monthly donor at the 420 level. <laughs> that isn't even a level. I know, which is the best. To me, that's what was so great about it is that we have a $1 level and a $5 level. And she was willing to spend the extra three twenty just to make us laugh. Can you please just bump her to the $5 level and give her all those perks? I wish I... I don't know how to do that. Because I will pay the extra $0.60 cents so she can get anything because that was so good. I feel like she needs to be like in a, like a, a Rasta Babali and it's a ding it for it. Amber is the giver me the money that we need, and then I'm trying to not to spend it on the weed, cause I'm gonna spend <laughs> it on Patreon your stuff and <laughs> Oh my god. That is some good times right there. So thank you, Amber, if you didn't get that message. Uh for donating at yeah. a hilarious Can't even level. get a dime bag for 420 so... What is a dime well, bag? Well, it used to be $10 worth of weed, or t- a di- like 10 bucks worth. But now, I think it's now that price, what what that would entail is now, I think, probably about like 15 or 20 So, a or dime maybe, bag... A, or maybe a dime bag used to be what an eighth is now, and in that case, it's like 50 bucks. <laughs> Supply and demand. <laughs> this man. is ridiculous. A dime bag... That's I mean, ridiculous. that like used to be a thing people said. I've never said that ever in my life. But Today. I think in like the 70s, so people said you that. You thought, you know what? I'm going to do it on the Disney episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really great. Uh, just to like ruin any chance we would have had with a Disney-esque sponsor. Oh, that's uh, too funny. I love it. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.